Hey everybody, it's your buddy Jack. Hopefully this podcast finds you doing well. It's been a good day in North Texas, can't complain. Uh, It's been nice and cool, mid-90s I say, mid-90s, but there's been some temperatures a little lower. Um, Getting some rain, it's keeping the wind cool. Um, Can't complain, again, it's just a lot better than that 105, 110 degree heat, right? Um, hopefully that you guys are, um, not experiencing that. I know it can be uncomfortable, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Um, if you are a returning listener, thanks. I appreciate you so much. I do. I enjoy, um, doing this as some of you guys know, and I'm grateful that you guys keep coming back. Um, hopefully you're getting something from any of these podcasts or maybe have family members that, um, you can share them with, um, hopefully they're healing, helping you heal in areas and not causing more, more chaos. Um, but you know, you can only keep your side of the street clean. That's just kind of how it goes, right? You can't, um, help how someone is going to respond, um, to things that you share with them. Um, especially topics like these, right? It's not much you can do about it. You just do it in love, share it in love, and prayerfully, it's received in love. It's all you can ask for, right? You just keep doing the next right thing for sure. Um, You guys know I do a lot of podcasts about um, addiction recovery, whether it's alcoholism or or drug addiction, right? But I also uh, uh, have been known to talk about a lot of recovery from more family-related issues um, or mental health issues, right? Um, domestic violence, condescending spouses, controlling spouses, the loss of a of a family member or friend, grief, right? We've talked about all of those things, um, and today's not going to be any different because um, I've just kind of recently have experienced some of this. And, and some of the people that I come in contact with, uh, that I encounter um, on a day-to-day, uh, or, you know, some of them not quite every day, but that's why I'm doing this. It was kind of an awkward sort of scenario, and as we go, I will share that with you. Um, so, again, if you're new, um, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you so very much. I hope you get something um, out of this podcast or any of the others. Um, share them with friends and family, somebody you you think might get something out of them, right? I got to admit, I do this um, as much for myself as, as I do for you. It's a little bit of a, a processing moment for me. Um, if you're a new listener, um, some of my regular listeners uh, know that... Um, I'm in long-term recovery from mental health issues, right? Uh, uh, depression, anxiety, anger issues, um, as well as substance abuse, right? Gratefully and thankfully, um, none of those things have um, had the same impact on my life as they once did. Um, things have been really good for me and stable for me since 2002. So it's good. It is good, um, but still, I have to find a way to um, 
manage my own recovery still, even 21 years down the road. That's how I got 21 years, by still doing the, the, the right things, the things that help me manage, right? Um, I actually facilitate my own self-help group. It's called Celebrate Recovery. I like it because it's all-inclusive with mental health issues and addiction issues uh, and family issues. Um, I facilitate it. I help lead groups. And my wife and I are both um, CR state reps. So we're into it, right? I also do recovery for a living. Um, so I've done it for quite a while. So it's nothing new. But I also have to keep in mind that I have to manage and maintain myself, right? That's part of that revolving door that I've talked about before. Some people stop doing the next right thing. Stop taking their meds, stop going to meetings, stop seeing their doctors, stop seeing their sponsors or accountability people. And it just takes you right back. So you got to do the things that help you manage and you got to stay on top of them. Um, but today, this podcast, um, let's talk grudge, hate, and division. And another reason why I talk about a lot of these things, because it does end up falling back on reasons why it's hard for people dealing with alcoholism or drug addiction to stay in recovery mode, to help combat some of the triggering and relapse thinking and relapse related thoughts, feelings and emotions. Right. It all comes back to that. We're saying, why can't people stay clean and sober? Well, sometimes it's the people around us that don't help, right? And this, I don't mean they don't help by not helping. I mean, maybe it's a personality clash. Maybe it's their opinion about um, addiction to begin with or their opinion about life in general. Um, sometimes negative people um, can just have a, 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 um, a bad or negative impact on those that are trying to work hard on managing their mental health or staying clean and sober. So it's all part of the same bubble, right? So as you guys know, I love to talk about everything family related, right? Recovery and family. I hope this podcast stays and maintains to be um, um, all inclusive family issue podcast, right? So I love talking everything family related, good or bad. It is, um, Usually alcoholism or drug addiction uh, that, you know, I kind of focus on, but or even recovery from mental health issues. But um, I've also discussed recovery um, and several other sorts of, of family related issues. So, again, that's kind of what I'm going to be doing today. I know a lot of people, a lot of families are hurting from, you know, from something even right now as we speak. They're dealing with some real-time stressors uh, and dysfunction. My wife and I are, are dealing with some of that um, ourselves currently. I know, yeah, it's true. I get just because we work in this field doesn't exempt us from family issues. Uh, unfortunately, that's a thing. You know, people who work in mental health field or addictions treatments fields, um, 
it doesn't uh, it doesn't exempt you at all, right? We've worked worked in these two fields for close to two decades, um, and it's and again, things still happen with us, right? It doesn't exempt us from other people, uh, the personalities and distorted thinking of other people, although the um, time frame that someone is struggling with addiction or or not managing their mental health, maybe they're just not happy or dealing with some sort of abuse early in life, right? Um, addiction can, can have a long uh, trail um, and no telling where it really stems from. Um, of course, you know, you've probably heard addiction um, to substances uh, it's just really a symptom of a bigger problem. So uh, we just keep pressing on. While all of that kind of chaos is going on, people do form and share opinions about you, right? Let's say that you're in active addiction uh, and you go through active addiction and it's 10 years, maybe. Anywhere between 5 and 10 years before you really get it and start getting clean and sober or you've struggled with mental health issues for five to ten years before you finally commit to doing the things that the mental health professionals tell you and you know and it's not long after that that you got two three five six to eight years where you're you're pretty stable but during your chaotic moment people form opinions about you and share opinions about you. Never mind that it's not been an issue for a while. Let's say you, you know, again, you've been stable for five years, or you've been clean and sober for five years. Those opinions about you that they formed about you while you were out there, for some reason, people can't seem to cut it loose. Somehow, these people still manage to hold that grudge. And hold it on to that hate um, for you. Uh, and if they're in their family, it's what's causing some division, right? Depending on what is said or done to you over the time frame can cause others to create or form an opinion about you. And trust me, when you're in active addiction or um, not in a stable frame of mind, um, it, it's bothersome, right? Because during that time frame that you're not stable, what you say and think um, about things or what people say and think about you will not be nice at all. Now, there are a couple of things that trouble me about this time frame in anyone's life. Let's say it's maybe through your 20s, a whole decade of being isolated, depressed, maybe you exhibit some selfish behaviors, drinking and drugging, not stable on your mental health issues, right? Through your 20s. One thing that happens is over that, over that uh, same time frame, all the stories about you, the opinions about you, the stories about things you've done and the things you haven't done get thrown out there. 
And sometimes you're the, maybe people call it, uh, what, the black sheep? The black sheep of the family. And sure, during that time frame, people do and say things they can't take back. Wish they could. Right? Wish they could. But people will shapeshift things you've done or said. Right? They'll take those things. Let's say you're in your 30s or 40s now. And that decade of your 20s were just complete chaos. Well, the stories that people remember seem to get twisted and bent, right? Anything to fuel that grudge or that hate or maintain that division in your circle of friends or family, they can't seem to cut it loose. People will shape shift things you've done and said or not done and said and will add to it to create more drama, more confusion, and more hate. People are, you know, fed up um, and they don't, you know, always manage to listen to those. I don't listen to th- those things, right? You get fed up. You've cr- they've created this version of you that fits their narrative, right? Even if it's a decade old, even if it's a decade old. They continue some of those stories. And again, they create this version of you that fits their narrative of you and will weaponize it to fit an agenda, especially if they need other people to agree with them, right? They shift the stories, they pad the stories, they lift them a little, bend them a little, and they can't, even though you, okay, again, you've been clean and sober or stable in your mental health for a decade, and people still hate. They still hate. Listen, it's true. Misguided or misinformed people do give out misguided or distorted information just to create chaos and division. I've experienced it. Some people do believe that just because you have history of being an addict, you're beneath them. Just because some of the stories they hear about you, not caring if it's true or not, you are subhuman. Some people do have seem to have, uh, which I'll get into, a little bit of a, I don't know, some sort of superiority complex of some kind let me tell you something the rest of the family cannot heal with this type of behavior in their lives if you fit that narrative please i'm pleading with you for your family members that are in recovery please change please change you don't have to hold on to the grudge, to the hate. You don't have to keep fueling the division, the division in your family. Let it go and let some healing happen. Right? Let it go and let some healing happen. It doesn't make sense that the people that were the actual issue 
have moved on. They found healing. I've been clean and sober for a decade or more. Mental health has been stable for a decade or more. And all the issues that were created during that time frame, you're still holding on to? I don't understand it. Especially if it doesn't involve you. I don't understand it. Let me tell you something again. The rest of the family cannot heal with this type of behavior. Because all the other families are caught in the whirlwind. It extends the hurt. It extends the hurt. extends the pain. If you were that person, again, can I ask that you please find a way to move forward? Grow from it. Move forward. Whatever, um, um, what's even more hurtful is when the person causing the family division wasn't even around during the time someone was dealing with addiction or mental health issues. Oh, that's so frustrating. Please don't let, mm, please quit letting this bother you. And don't let this be you in this frame of thinking. Everyone has sinned. (laughs) If you've been listening to my podcast for any real length of time, you'll know. I've lied. I've cheated. I've struggled with substance abuse and mental health issues. I've been open about it. I promise you that people who hold grudges and create family division have lied and cheated too. Just because you sin differently doesn't make your way right. Just because you sin differently doesn't make it right. Get over yourself. Get over yourself before it's too late. Mm. I've had a bad feeling. As As long as you're too busy, right? I do. I have a bad feeling that as long as you're too busy judging me or others and my side of the family, you'll be too busy to make time to build healing for yourself. Right? If you're too busy passing judgment on people in your family or friends or someone in else, someone else's family, then you're too busy to make time to find ways to heal from your own hurts, your own issues, your own bitterness. Your hate and anger for other people will never allow you, will never allow for you to feel peace in your heart. Mm. Yeah. Your own hurts and bitterness, your hate and anger, for other people will never allow for you to feel peace in your heart. And that's what I'm really, really hoping, right? If you got a family member like that or a friend like that, just pray they find some way to find some peace. I can't imagine going through life with that kind of grudge, that kind of hate every day, day in and day out. How does someone manage that? I don't, You know, I don't know. 
I wish I had an answer for that. I don't have a magic wand. I don't have all the answers. I've never professed to be any sort of spiritual guru. I just know what kinds of things, because I hear them every day. I meet people in the worst moments of their lives. And I can sympathize with a lot of the hurts and a lot of the judgment. And a lot of the bitterness that my patients and clients feel. I get it. I get it. Some people can't move past things, no matter how old they are. And I I don't understand that. Why let it just create more and more bitterness and hate? And division in your family. Please. As for me, sure. I've got people who hate me. <laughs> I've got people who hate me. Um, even though I've um, worked in <clears throat> addiction treatment and mental health treatment or services for a couple of decades. Um, I run or facilitate a faith-based 12-step program of done step studies with hundreds of people, held Bible studies in men's groups, but people still hate. It's amazing, right? It's amazing how people can still find ways to try to minimize you and sort of weaponize the things that you've done in your past. And the rest of the family or friends, it's not always family, it can be friends, right? Um, Just can't seem to move past it. It's, I guess sometimes um, it's the collateral damage that I worry about, right? It's the other family members that don't feel the same way or the other friends that don't feel the same way. And you've just sort of created division between them and maybe even some of the children in the family. That's the collateral damage that I worry about the kids. Now, on the other hand, if you're the source of the chaos and division, you have, oh man, you probably have your own hurt and your own anger. I worry about you even more. You have to find a way to bring those struggles to some sort of resolve and not take your hate and anger and bitterness and use it as a way or means to divide parts of your family uh, that include connections with uh, the younger generation, the kids or grandparents or Right? Especially with grandparents. You know, if depending on their age, they probably got more life ahead of them than they, or, or, or more life behind them than they do ahead of them. And you can't let the division, you know, put some of the family members in, in, a, in a place where things are left undone and unsaid. I hope that 
you find a way to heal from them. Other people were hurt because uh, some of them are narcissistic, cold-hearted, right? Healing and family recovery will come too late. If you can't acknowledge it and you've got sort of this narcissistic tendency um, to avoid these kinds of conversations or you have your own superiority complex, you're, you know, whatever. Recovery for your family may come too late. Two generations of elders will die off leaving adult children and grandchildren with unanswered questions and undeserving need for healing. Right? Two generations of elders in any given family can possibly die off leaving adult children and grandchildren with unanswered questions and an undeserving or deserving need for healing. Right? Don't do it. Family division does hinder any kind of recovery from anything. Resentments build, confusion is present. Uh, it increases. Old habits become fresh, we reopened wounds. Family division can be stressful and it can be a trigger. If we're going to talk about addiction or mental health issues, it can be a trigger. A trigger um, to substance abuse relapse or increase in mental health concerns. It can happen. It can happen and cause what your hateful family member will weaponize. It creates more chaos. Right? Your hateful family member will weapon, weaponize that as it happens. The triggers happen. The division gets frustrating. The hate gets too overwhelming. And the grudges become too, too much pressure. And you find yourself in a relapse. And yeah, even though they may have contributed to uh, that end result, I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm saying they may have contributed to that result, right? To whatever that relapse is, and then turn right around and weaponize it. Use it against you. There's too much hate and division. Because in your eyes, it's because of all the stuff um, you've been dealing with and everything said about you must be true or the stress wouldn't have caused this for you. No matter how you look at it, it will come back on you. So don't let family members that are holding grudges and their hearts full of bitterness and judgment and hate, don't let them be your trigger. Don't let them be your trigger. Conflict can happen when family members have different views or beliefs that clash. Sometimes conflict can occur when people misunderstand each other and jump to the wrong conclusion. That happens every day. Issues of conflict that are not resolved peacefully can lead to arguments 
and resentment. We know that. I feel like families, um, I feel like families matter to God. Right? You guys know I'm a faith-based guy. I feel families do matter to God. And I don't think that he would see any of the division and the chaos and the hate and the bitterness that one person may be creating. I don't think he sees that as pleasant. Right? I don't think he sees that as pleasant. And a lot of times this happens with the other half of the family, right? Domineering in-laws, wayward teens, or jealous stepchildren um, can turn any happy home into a war zone, right? Issues um, such as, you know, those kid issues, whatever they are. You know what they are. Um, who turns it in to take out, right? They turn in... The, the idea of taking out the trash. Whether your teen daughter finished her homework before she turned on the computer or, you know, maybe it's a, a, a bothersome, but it's related to, you know, how minors think, teenagers think. Any argument can start at any moment for any given reason and cause some chaos in a family, sure. But I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I think also who the source of the, the division matters on how and when it may come to some sort of resolve. I believe that too. It does matter who the source of the division and the pettiness and the hate. It matters who it is in the family that's, that's bringing that on. Having a, do a domineering mother-in-law, or any in-law for that matter. Any in-law for that matter, right? It can happen anytime with anybody. For instance, your partner may... May... Um, start trauma or is drama you know you don't know it could be any in-law any family member anytime can also affect your relationship with your partner if you're not cautious so there's a whole another layer whole another layer right let's say for instance your partner may not share the same views of said in-laws as you do resulting in tension they may feel that you're being too hard on their mother or um, whomever, right? Sometimes you disagree on those kinds of things too. Alternatively, your partner may believe that their mother's opinion are correct. This can result in mutual resentment and the invalidation of your experiences, right? It happens. The bickering can go either way and with whatever in-law or family member. One may agree with what they think and it creates stress in your relationship or you both disagree with what they think and it creates stressors between you and said in-law or family member. 
it's a lose-lose. Unless people talk about it and resolve it and move actually, actually move past it, right? Not hold grudges, actually in a healthy way, move past it. It is just simply very difficult to deal with someone who has a superiority complex. It's not good. It's not healthy. A superiority complex is a belief that your abilities or accomplishments are somehow dramatically better than other people's. People with a superiority complex may be condescending, smug, or mean to other people who don't agree with them. Whether a superiority complex is a way of covering up your own feelings, which I sometimes think it is. Uh, is it a way of covering up your own feelings of inferiority? Or just an unsupported belief that you're better than other people? You know, I can see behaving that way a little if you're just trying to protect yourself. But if you do completely wholeheartedly believe that you're better than other people, mm, it's not. You're not. Right? You're not. If you have a belief that you're better than other people, having one is not good for your mental health. Having a superiority complex is not good for your health either. Please, though, there is also an inferior complex. When come across as though people are beneath you, people with strong narcissistic, psychopathic, right, and other dark personality traits, also can be included as narcissistic traits, have a low and fragile sense of self-esteem. Maybe that's the problem. You treat others with division and hate and bitterness because of your low self-esteem. Right? There's a group for that. Come see me at Celebrate Recovery. And we'll help you work on your low self-esteem. And figure out a way for you to build some confidence. Right? That could be the root of it. In order to cope, they need to constantly feel better than others. They always compare themselves to others, and when they feel threatened, maybe that's it too, you might feel threatened. They will try to make the other person feel worse, to elevate themselves, and feel superior. Mm. Indeed, they think hierarchically, and this plays out in different ways. It does play out if you feel like there's some sort of unknown, unseen, hierarchical sort of something and you are at the top then there's some family issue there's some issue one core narcissistic tendency is entitlement they have a strong sense of entitlement a narcissistic feels and believes that they are better more important than others or otherwise unique therefore they feel entitled to special treatment. Mm. So, 
They can also think that their opinion about someone is the right one. I don't think that your opinions about me are accurate. Unless you talk to me, right? Unless you talk to me. But also, the way you think and feel about me is none of my business. You need to work at it and work on it and work through it. Um, I would like to help you do that. But, um, you know, it's not for me. I'm keeping my side of the street clean. Also, a narcissistic feels and believes, again, they are better and more important. Or otherwise unique. It's crazy. But it's true that they can fall in line with those thoughts or feelings or beliefs. They can also think that their opinion about someone is right or more right. So when they feel that uh, feel the need to regulate their shaky self-esteem, they tend to act entitled to make others feel worse. Mm, man, really, it boils down to if it didn't include you and didn't hurt you and it was done while someone or wasn't done, you know, there's so much stuff that's made up along the way. You know, I've told you some of my listeners about the story about my youngest stepdaughter and a lot of this chaos that she's created for both sides of the family, not just my wife and I. Um, but her dad and her stepmom and his side of the family. And of course, you're going to have people. It happens every time. In any given situation, you will have one or two people that believe the stories. Right? They believe the stories and they somehow are just, I don't know, magically appear or some bitterness and anger. Um, and division and hate right, over something they heard, true or false, that sometimes never matters whether it's true or false. But they heard it. But on top of hearing it, it's old news. So not only were they there, not only is it old news, it didn't harm them directly. Don't even care if any of, of the history is true. Don't ask. Or don't even consider it. And they're holding grudges, bitterness, anger, hate, and division. It, it, I don't know. I don't know. It's like you can go to a store or a restaurant and, and yell at or otherwise mistreat the service workers there to feel better about yourself. Boy, that's that would be my father-in-law. Um, been with him at a few restaurants where he's been just ugly to the servers. Again, superiority complex. I've told you the story about where he's laid a bunch of ones on the, on the table, which would potentially be their tip. And every time, in his point of view, they mess up, he takes a dollar away through the time frame that we're there. So he lets them see the tip initially. And as they come to the table and miss something, he takes money away. Whew. I don't know. I don't understand that kind of behavior. It's narcissistic. It is. 
right? So yeah, that kind of beer would be my father-in-law. They can use um, their money, their power, their sex appeal, uh, social status, or other leverages to demean and abuse others in order to elevate themselves. I've been doing a lot of wrestling lately with why, as a society, we have this need to make so many people villains. Why do we have to have villains? Basically, anyone who doesn't agree with you is a villain. Anyone who does something that you don't like equals a villain. With family division, the source of it will need a villain. The bad guy that supports their narrative that suggests that there needs to be division. And I think I was, I think I was the villain or the bad guy. I don't know. Um, but somehow, um, you know, it just happens. And if I got to be that for a little while, I'm okay with it. I don't care. Right. I've got, you know, too much, too much family love and, and, and cohesiveness and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I don't stress about stories told about me. Uh, I've grown past that. Plus, it puts me in a bad place. I'm trying to stay in recovery. Puts me in a bad place. So I don't even go there. Right? But they build scenarios that need a villain and cause division. We're hanging around that part of the family. And, um, you know... It's just okay that that's, you know, it says we're not hanging around that part of the family. We don't have to. And then they're looking at any resolution that would help heal the family. That's what we're looking for. Everybody does. It's like, what can we do to move past this? The other resolution um, they want is one that fits their narrative, right? Sometimes people want to really, 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 really believe the bad things about you. Uh, and they try to, Get other people drawn in to believe all those stories. Don't let it be you. Can they just simply find some sick way? Uh, um, it's what they're trying to do. Find some sick way of confirming their ideology and keep division alive in the family. Mm. How demonic is that? I mean, after all, that's just how Satan would have it. Chaos and division in the family. Thanks for listening. I'm glad you came by. Hope you got something out of this podcast. Share it with some family. Maybe share it with the one. <laughs> right? I hope you have a, a, a blessed day, a blessed evening, whatever part of the day it is that you're listening. Um, I do appreciate you sharing your time with me. Bye for now.